0: Raise your hand if you like saving a few bucks. If you do love saving money, join me, Susan Hogan, on News 4 at 5. Our NBC4 response unit is protecting you from scams, rip-offs, and dangerous products. We've already recovered more than a million dollars.
1: Jim Hanley here. Susan's got your wallet covered. Wendy Rieger and I will get you up to
2: speed. Staying on top of constantly changing headlines and what they mean for you. And store is always keeping you ahead of weather changes. Join me, Doug Kammerer, and the rest of us on News 4 at 5, working for you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Wilford Watch's podcast, an American podcast about professional wrestling. Today, we are coming to you on YouTube, recording the third installment of the Fights of the Roundtable. Very, very cool little theme. Lots of people are doing roundtables these days, which is great because I think that opens up the discussion. To different perspectives about pro wrestling and all the things that uh, that involves so Today we're going to talk about a couple of subjects uh, Two really but we'll see where they take us Uh, The social media effects on mental health and that means wrestlers The fans the companies we'll just kind of see where where that takes us Um, And then we'll also talk about the consumption of pro wrestling You've got internet streaming You've got traditional um, you know, cable TV. You've got over-the-air. You've got Twitch. Uh, lots of different ways to consume re- wrestling. And we'll touch base on which is good, which is bad, and, and all those things. Um, but we're not alone. I do have some guests with me. And if you're looking on YouTube, um, it's not exactly Omega Luke standard of graphics. Um, but it's what I got, so bear with me. Um, we do have... Foul Original on board. Uh, foul, say hi to everybody listening and uh, you know, tell us about your show real quick.
3: Okay. Hey, I'm uh, Foul Original. You can catch me on the Twitters at Foul underscore Original. You can also catch me on YouTube.com slash Foul Original Wrestling. I talk about loads of stuff wrestling-wise. We do roundtables and loads of other bits and bobs.
2: Thank you. And we also have a uh, podcast debut today, so... Be kind, be gentle. Um, He's shaking in his boots. I'm just kidding. He's fine. Um, (laughs) And he is Keith. He is a wrestling fan out of Kansas, uh, Kansas area. Uh, Keith, welcome to the show, bro.
1: Hey, so happy to be on. Uh, Like I said, fan of wrestling for since before I could remember anything else, and that's about it. I don't have a cool podcast like everyone else, but (laughs) maybe someday.
2: and so yeah no don't 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 worry about it um <laughs> but uh, i will say that uh before it went on air i noticed that keith is sporting <laughs> becky lynch the man t-shirt today so very cool very cool attire um yeah. and we also have ray cash
4: what's up brother what's happening man uh i feel like i'm the old wiley of group i've been doing this for a little but for a little while but uh <laughs> If you don't know me, I host the Outsiders Edge and Chairshot Radio on the Chairshot.com, and I used to be on Social Suplex Radio. So, uh, yeah, we're, I'm ready for I'm ready for the stuff, man. Let's go.
2: All right, man. And we also have Harmony. Harmony, are you there? Hey, yep, I'm here. Hey, I'm so honored to have you on, as well as everybody on the table. Um, oh, thanks, Ben. Tell us about where you write and what you contribute to, because there's some pretty big names there. Tell us about yourself. Oh,
0: jeez. Um, I don't know if I actually work with a lot of big names. Um, I mostly, I do a lot of different writing projects. I write um, about wrestling for a site called Daily Daily DDT. Um, I typically cover women's wrestling, so I'm kind of behind the ball on what dudes are doing in wrestling sometimes, but I cover things like Eve and Shimmer. Um, I cover WWE, their women's stuff. Um, and I write for a lot of different websites, like Narratively, McSweeney's, all those places. Um, and I have a podcast with my friend Meryl called Head Over Heels, where we talk about the Netflix show Glow. Um, and I come into that as kind of the women's wrestling expert. She comes in as the TV expert, and we talk about kind of that show and how it relates to women's wrestling. And we've actually gotten a few people to go to shimmer shows based on how much they like the podcast, which is... Something I'm still very proud of. That's, so
2: that's amazing, dude. Um, so if you're listening to this, if you're watching on the YouTube stream, please uh, look on the screen, follow them on Twitter if you're not already following these great people. Um, and also hit up the hashtag fights of the table if you want to check out the first episode or the second episode. first episode we talked with uh, Amy and Jen and then we also spoke to JPQ and the beam Robert. On women's wrestling, that was a few months back, and uh, then three of those people got podcasts now. So we'll, you know, we'll see where that goes. <laughs> the second one, we had a global, we had a global edition with my buddy Josh from Australia, um, Hademichi Cast from Portugal, and Mags from the UK. Um, Mags is a name everybody knows. He puts everybody over, and now he's got his own show, Why We Watch Pod, with Mike Errant. So please check that out. Wow. So lots of cool things happening. Wrestling is amazing right now. I'm having lots of fun. So let's talk about it. Social media has been, I think, over the the whole of of this whole boom of, you know, dot com and everything, I, I think it's been mostly a positive thing. But it also can create some negative effects. There are some some Byproducts of social media sometimes And I'm going to use a couple of examples We had very recently Tony Storm Situation where she had some I wouldn't call it leaked I would say Stolen media uh, From her phone and it was very Private information and in media And she basically vanquished Her social media for a while um, And then just a couple days after Had to perform at NXT UK For the belt on the biggest show for NXT UK Um I want to hear foul first. Uh, What can we do about this? Is there any regulation from Twitter's standards that we need to put the emphasis on? Is this our fault as a Twitter user? Uh, What can we do? Is there anything that we can do? And what's your overall sense about the uh, the negative aspects of social media?
3: Well, it's, um, I, I kind of was, oh, my mic is on, I was kind of born on the Twitters. Foul Original was born about three years ago, and I have done loads of different stuff, Periscope, live streaming. I've come up against people that have been negative towards me. The Tony Storm issue, in particular, is a very interesting one, because, yeah, it was stolen media, and it seems as if there is like a self-checking process now within the wrestling community. Twitter, as a whole, are going to find it hard to block people based on their opinion. And I think that it's really hard to filter through. Like, for example, there was a Twitter account that got um, suspended today from quite a big female wrestler. I don't know who, it was. I just saw it in my stream today.
2: So, uh, Alley Cat. Alley yeah. Cat is an Twitter. independent pro wrestler. Yep, go ahead
3: yeah and she got um and she she got suspended today and twitter and i was like let me check her account she's been suspended by twitter for potentially being an impersonator account um it's it's weird to think that all the stan accounts can probably still exist but the actual account of the wrestler is going to get blocked it's a societal thing it's but it's still it's a mirror to society social media a lot of the time and sometimes it can be really ugly and i think that's something that has to be tackled from the source which is the people but stuff like this really helps i think it's a good really good way to bring people together that may have very very different views
2: um keith Um, keith i want to get your opinion um thank you fal keith what what do you think about uh, social media negative effects do you do you think that people are really taking in consideration or even even thought about the effects it's taking on some of these younger fans that might not have the mature you know mind frame to receive this information and what's your general sense of, of the negativity and how we can cope with that and how we can kind of make it better
1: well. But- I think, I mean, it's the internet. Uh, they're always going to have two sides to every coin. There's always going to be a negative to match uh, the amount of positivity you have out there. And there is a lot of positive people on social media that you can follow and be around. Um, just like there's a lot of negative people. Um, I think the way that people really handle it, uh, the stars and uh, people like us, like that have you know uh, the ability to 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 address this and say, you know this isn't right, we shouldn't be involved in this or uh, you know this isn't basically this isn't right. we we all can have that filter of what's right and wrong and be able to say, you know we shouldn't be involved in this or this person shouldn't be involved in this. Um, I think as a whole uh, as a wrestling community, all of us have an obligation to kind of be able to recognize these situations and and, like I said, address them when they need to. Um, that's, I mean, if if there's nothing else, it's on us as the users to be able to say, to, to, to filter that.
2: Uh, uh, Ray or Harmony, you want to jump in?
0: Uh, sure, I'll jump in. Um, so I agree with everything that everybody's saying as far as, you know, users need to be accountable for themselves and it's important to be positive and like push for positive change on social media. But I also do think that um, companies and promotions need to take a little more of a leadership role in it as well. Um, I, I guess I'm thinking about what happened this week with AEW and uh, all of the controversy around Nyla Rose. Were any of you guys following that? Yeah, yes. I saw a little bit about that, yeah.
4: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so like, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, Nyla Rose is a wrestler. She was booked with AEW. Um, she's transgender, and um, they announced a match with her and Britt Baker and Kylie Ray on the Twitter account, and it got mobbed with trolls saying, you know, really nasty, transphobic stuff about Nyla Rose, and it was, uh, you know, it, it really sucks because Nyla's a good wrestler. Like, she wrestled with Sendai Girls. She's there because she's good, um, but people just just mobbed the Twitter account and said all of this awful stuff and it was you know really disappointing to see and then you know a lot of fans called it out and they called out Cody and they called out AEW and they said hey you need to say something and you need to tell your fans this isn't acceptable and um, at first they kind of hedged a little bit like Cody was like well we booked her and we're standing by the match so that's us supporting her and then fans called it out like no, I'm a queer wrestling fan and I'm not going to feel safe at your show unless you tell your fans that this isn't acceptable. And then they actually did issue a statement and other wrestlers in the company came forward to support Nyla. And it turned out to be like this good, positive thing. And I know people, there's a little hesitation around seeing companies kind of step in and do things like that. But I think when you look at the way that wrestling is changing and the demographics are changing and more and more different kinds of people are starting to watch wrestling and engage with it. Like, I think that's a really positive thing. And I think companies just need to understand that, and they need to understand that they also have a role in making sure it's a positive experience, not just for the audience, but also for the wrestlers who are you know, participating and working matches for them and basically helping them make a ton of money. Like, I, I think I, I'd like to see more companies do what AEW did. Um, and, and I hope that is a trend that continues.
2: Ray, what do you think about the negative aspect of social media and wrestling and how it's it's linked, you know, it's linked to the hip at this point, and it's, it's part of wrestling, but there's... Sure. How, how do you react to that?
4: Well, first, social media, we have to sit back and remember that social media is literally a representation of our society, just the worst parts of it. It's almost like they say wrestlers or their personalities turn to, with the dial to 10, that's social media. It's no different than a masquerade ball. The fantasy is that you don't, nobody knows who you are, so you can kind of get away with what you want. That's social media. Um, I can't speak for anybody else, but personally, you know, my handle is Ray Cash, but I'm very open about my name being Grant Morris because I want complete transparency. I have nothing to hide and I'm able to, I'm willing to stand on what I say that way, you know, you can't say that I'm hiding behind something or just trolling for no reason. I try to be as honest and transparent, and I think we need more of that in our community. I mean, it's okay to not want to tell who you really are personally, but I I feel like nobody, there's no accountability anywhere on the internet, anywhere on social media, which leads to people feeling enabled and empowered to do things like attack Nyla Rose or um, not only steal Tony Storm's stuff, but pass it out and continue to make it a thing. Um, Companies definitely need to stand up more. I love what you said, Harmony. One hundred percent. I was very, very proud of Brandy and her statement uh, with what she said about inclusion. Um, And yes, we need to demand that more. But we also need to demand that from people. You know, it's not it's it's not going to stop that. Somebody, the companies can say whatever they want, and a good portion of people will heed it and believe it. But until we as the people. We hold ourselves and each other accountable and let that know that it's not okay. And you're always going to have a subsection that's going to do what they want anyway, or it's going to enjoy the trolling or en- enjoy the misery of others. But the majority of us, I think, are better than that. And it's okay to have discourse and conversations and disagreements, but so much of the social media aspect, especially in all over, but specifically speaking about the wrestling world, so much of it is predicated on, well, I enjoy making you feel bad. And that's the situation or the ideology we got to get rid of.
2: I, I, I like mm-hmm. the points you guys are making. It's, it's, it's one thing, though, I will say, that there are some... In order for AEW to really make a change... I think that they could really make a stand in making the changes inside of the wrestling shows. Because when you're at a wrestling show, you hear things. People don't have to type it in. They just scream it. And, and they're very vile sometimes with the sexist, racist things they might say in a wrestling show. And I think this is a good opportunity where you can actually have a company make a stand if that ever becomes the case. I don't. I mean, obviously, they haven't had a show yet. But... When that situation arises, I think that would be a good opportunity for them to start kicking or banning people at that point. Because there's so much that I've, I've heard at a wrestling show, and it's embarrassing, and it makes me sick. And I, I hope that they can continue to, to uh, substantiate their claim that they're making, like you guys pointed out. Another aspect of social media, which I hate to see sometimes, and and, and another thing, real quick... I think we all need to take ownership, because we all say things that we might not agree with, and, and I'm horribly guilty of that, and and I try to atone for it. But, anyways, we saw recently Will Ospreay and Sadie Gibbs get into a public issue that should have been private, and I don't know how much you guys have seen this or, or read about this, but Sadie Gibbs left the J- uh, Japanese stardom tour she apparently lost somebody in her family osprey made a very cheeky tweet about her leaving the tour early um and it just turned into this whole you know ugly public matter um between two fairly high profile individuals um foul what do you think about public freakouts do you think that harmony has a great point with the companies taking more ownership Or is there some sort of way that that somebody else can step in I mean do these wrestlers need better social media training or something do you have any ideas on that
3: for me um I don't know how many of you folks are familiar with the Moses Malone situation I know that's might be a bit of a contentious point so Moses Malone was a situation. she felt that the situation happened. She said that she had she was sexually assaulted and that it was intimidation, and she kind of disappeared off social media. There was a court case brought in about it, and she's recently come back because and that's something that I wanted to say, social media in itself can be used for good or evil, and not that anything she was doing was evil, but she took a very hard line. And said, if I'm at a show and you're a wrestler and you've said that you're going to call people out in the community, if you don't do it, I don't trust you anymore. And she's built a small following of people who believe her, but then she's also built up a following of people who are totally against her. And they've taken the worst parts of social media, constantly berating her over and over again, about, again, what should have been a very private matter. It's potentially a symptom of this time like, if you don't say it in a tweet over the internet, doesn't matter. Um, when I was younger, like, you wouldn't... There's certain things that I've said to people face-to-face or within, like, MySpace posts, which are lost now. But it was never, like, in a way... It was never in a way which was supposed to be, like, harmful to them. It's a jab. And people need to... People need to remember that on Twitter, sometimes, it is a character that you're speaking to but that character still has real feelings and is a real person. And it's hard maybe sometimes for wrestlers who are good friends to send a tweet out and then say, but wait a second, I was sending that as me, not as the wrestler. Um, It's really hard kind of almost schizophrenic kind of thing to be a, a, a Twitter personality of any kind of kind. I live like three different versions of myself, depending on who I'm speaking to because they might they might want to hear from me and not from foul, but it kind of overlaps. Um, It's, it's hard because you don't want them to be totally managed and be able to say what they want, but you do want some culpability and some accountability there. If they say something stupid,
2: anybody else want to jump in?
1: Yeah, I mean, exactly. If you want some kind of accountability for, for, what comes out of your mouth I mean like you said there's I mean I'm sure all of us have had situations where you know maybe even recently where we've said something I know there's been times where I've typed something out on Twitter and Mm -hmm. even gotten in arguments with people on there and I think you know what I just need to stop or I'm not going to you know participate in this or you know uh, this person's just trying to get me riled up and you have to just sort of walk away from that situation but they're still going to be there whether you ignore them or not so i mean the question i feel like is how do we how do you combat someone like that without giving them the attention that they want because really all they're doing is they're wanting some attention right and how do you how do you sort of combat that while also not giving them the attention they want and not feeding into their the their trolliness, or <laughs> I don't think that's a word, but uh, how do you not feed into them and just walk away from them? It's hard to do. Uh,
4: can I jump in real quick? Yeah, it. Yeah. I love what you just said because uh, you have. To, we have to understand the society and the, the time we're in. There are people nowadays who are famous and rich simply for being famous, like no mm-hmm. talent not doing anything in society just because they're popular. For whatever reason they got popular, their popularity is what's making them popular. That makes that makes no sense. So we're in a society where so many people are desperate to be famous, to do anything to be famous. Look at all the different challenges you have. You got the bird box challenge. And remember when they had the planking challenge and all these crazy <laughs> things just to be seen for five seconds. And that's what people are clamoring for. So when you have a situation like Osprey and I don't remember the young lady's name, but I remember I remember the situation though. You have to take into account how much people want to be popular and noticed, and on top of that, how much people enjoy calling out other people on on in a in a, in a social setting. It kind of makes certain people, I imagine, feel. Powerful to say, well, I can call you out if I want to, and I have no nothing coming back to me. Like there's again, this it all comes back to accountability. People feel like they can do whatever they want, and I guarantee you, a majority of these people wouldn't say these things to people's faces, but because they're hiding behind a Twitter account, and there's, there's it's a it's a Twitter account with sometimes just a Twitter egg, no picture with you know, uh, 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 some name, some random name or handle that you can't trace back to their real life, you can say it, do whatever you want, log off, and then you're back to living your regular life. Exactly. If you
1: had some, one of these people outside or, at, you know, at a, out in public and they said something like that to you, I mean, nine times out of ten, you might get hit in the face or something like that. I mean... <laughs> ten you, out you you 10, ten <laughs> times out of ten, bro. Ten times out of ten. Right. But well, I, I counted for one passive person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do. Uh, could I jump in real quick? Absolutely. Because yeah. I agree with everything you guys are saying. But just to talk about the Moses Malone situation really quickly. First off, I just want to put out mm-hmm. there that I believe Survivors. I support Moses Malone. I, I think a lot of what's happened to her has been terrible. And I think a lot of what's happened mm-hmm. to her has been enabled by really shitty wrestling journalism practices that have encouraged these eggs to attack her. I mean. Yes. Dave Meltzer leaked her, her name, a lot of information about her. That ramped people up. And I don't think he did that on purpose. I think he just didn't realize how reporting around these kind of situations is supposed to go. But it doesn't matter because she still bore the brunt of that. Other people uploaded the entire lawsuit. It became a Reddit thing. Like, this terrible tragedy that happened to her, it became a thing to generate clicks and a thing to generate attention. And, like... I I think there's accountability on both sides. Like we have to look at the people who are using these situations to kind of make money and raise their profile, especially when they're kind of looked at as gatekeepers or authority in the wrestling community. Like of course, anonymous assholes feel empowered to do shitty things on the internet. If the people they're looking to for social cues are the people who are kind of leading the charge on it, like intentionally or unintentionally, there's a lot of accountability to go around in situations like that.
2: Can I just bring up, I I think, Oh, sorry, go ahead. And I was going to say,
3: to jump off on that, this is the thing I wanted to say, Harmony. Like The really annoying part about that whole situation was, it wasn't built on facts. It was built on emotion, like initially. And then people just had, there was a tribalism mentality where people were like, well, we don't believe her, or we believe her. And now it doesn't matter what you say to us. The echo chambers were built between each kind of tribe. And even, I remember reading and following the story, and I was like, you know what? Something probably did happen. But now the reaction is let's have a fine tooth comb of where all the money from the Indiegogo has gone to. Let's spend all that time spending it on what went wrong and how it's a woman that was dealing with a really terrible situation. She doesn't have time to figure out which lawyer she's going to get and stuff. But, oh, no, she's saving all this money for herself. And it became a bit of a if you don't believe me, you're against us instead of and I just it felt really wrong. Like it felt like putting someone through another, a very similar situation, but through the public again.
2: I, I just want to ask you guys, I want to shift this over to where Harmony brought up about wrestling journalists and you brought up Dave Meltzer. I want to ask you a, just a simple question. Wrestling is an entertainment that is presented with, uh, with a combat sport, you know, face, uh, in no other social media or no other hollywood movies or tv shows do we have credible journalism really they're just gossip shows <laughs> does does wrestling journal does wrestling journalism actually exist no and and what what are we why should we treat some accounts that are spreading information and gossip as viable news when they have maybe a thing they might have heard and not an actual source. Because there's a lot of that going on right now. There's a lot of stuff going on where you see, report this, scoop that. Does wrestling journalism even exist? And and should it?
4: I, if you don't mind, guys, I'd like to jump into this one real quick. Yeah. If you guys yeah. have read or listened to anything I've said over the past 10 years, this is one of my biggest issues, is uh, people... I don't think re- the people who you would consider the wrestling journalists—your Dave Meltzer, your Ryan Saddens, your Brian Alvarez—understand the reach they have. We're in the we're we're fans of a business that essentially is we hate using the word fake. We're fans, but it's essentially a it's it's entertainment. It is scripted television. Somebody picks and chooses who wins and who loses. So ultimately. There is no integrity in journalism when the actual business that has no integrity to begin with. And I don't mean integrity in terms of personally. I mean that I could literally, if I'm a Booker, I could literally change my who I want to win five minutes before the match. You wouldn't know. So when you see people, these these journalistic sites or people, I. I think about the, the Jimmy Uso and Naomi situation. There is literally a story out right now saying that Jimmy Uso and Naomi are trying to get fired to go to AEW. What? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Hold, That's but, ridiculous. But, 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 but hold on, guys. I'm a black man in Houston. Do you understand the fear of being a black person being stopped by the cops? That man was almost shot and tased. Because the situation, the situation is completely notwithstanding whatever happened to them happened to them, but to to insinuate that a black woman and a Samoan man are trying to get stopped by the cops to get fired from a company, yeah, that is asinine, ridiculous, and quite frankly bullshit. And it pisses me off. Mm-hmm. But these are the things that garner clicks because we're so interested to see behind the veil that we don't care what it is as long as it's something. You got to have something, and it's no different than the news on television, where 90 percent of the news is always negative because that's what's garnering clicks and garnering views. Exactly. So, no, uh, there is no integrity, and I don't believe there's any wrestling journalism because at least in real journalism, there's something to report on. I'm making stuff up half the time if I'm a wrestling journalist because I don't know. <laughs>
2: uh, Harmony, I want to think- hear. I want to hear your point, Harmony, real quick because you. You write with some really, really good people over at daily DDT. and I know I've spoke to Joe a few times and there's some really good people on the staff. Um, but unfortunately, I think a lot of writers and such and people who are contributing to good sites like this, unfortunately get dragged in with some silly comment that you know the owner or somebody might have made. And I want to hear your opinion because you kind of, you know write for a really, really decent, Uh, site like Daily DDT. I'm just curious about your opinion because you kind of have a foot in the door in regards to that.
0: Sure. Well, um, first off, I just want to agree that every like the Naomi and Jimmy Uso, like you made so many good points about that situation. I was honestly shocked at the way other people reacted to it, like blaming Jimmy and stuff. It's just like, have you ever been to Detroit? Like they reacted very reasonably given the situation. They had reasons to be concerned. I don't know. Actually, Joe wrote a great piece kind of looking at, like, why you would be worried about getting pulled over in Detroit. Like, I don't know. I, I recommend checking out his piece on it. It was really good. Um, I honestly kind of stay away from trying to write, like, journalism, newsy kind of things for the reasons you just said. Like... It's difficult to say that things are actual news news um, but I do feel comfortable talking about things like public statements wrestlers have made like we, we get incur- we get a lot of encouragement from our editor at Daily DDT to kind of be thoughtful and critical about wrestling discourse and kind of think about the messages that are coming out about it and kind of how we can look at it and how we can understand it. Like I did a piece recently um, talking about right-wing messaging through WWE, just talking about that podcast, the internet show that AJ Styles was on and how he went on it. And he just said like a bunch of weird stuff about PC culture and how he's afraid of getting censored and all this goofy stuff. And, I kind of connected that to statements that other WWE people have made like Brock Lesnar's like pretty infamous homophobic tirade he made at ESPN a lot of the stuff that Ronda Rousey has said like kind of connecting the dots and saying hey this company WWE is like very very comfortable with their wrestlers saying stuff like this in public and maybe that's something we should think about and what does that mean for the values of the company and what does that mean if you're a fan supporting these guys so like that's the kind of journalism that we're encouraged to do there. And I, th- I think it's valuable. Um, also, I was really surprised because a lot of people contact me out of that article and they had no idea that most of the things that I quoted in there had happened. So I was like, huh, I guess it's a good thing we're telling people about this, right?
2: Uh, Keith, you wanted to jump in a second ago. Sorry about that.
0: Yeah, sorry. Oh,
1: yeah, I agree with everything Harmony said. Yeah. Uh, uh... I was just going to point out. Uh, I do respectfully disagree with Ray. I do feel like there are. We may not have the melts. So you said the Meltzers, the the Alvarezes of, and Satins of the world. They don't understand their their reach. They may not understand their reach. That's mainly because this whole Twitter thing and this whole internet or social media thing is still fairly new to all of us. I th- believe that we are building towards more credible. Uh, uh, journalists and as far as wrestling um right now i mean it, we're working towards people that are going to be more trusted to report the goings-ons uh you'd mentioned i mean it is a scripted you know uh, product they're they're behind the scenes we'll never know exactly what's going on in their minds we can only speculate uh and really we that's that's all we can do is speculate We can report on, you know, what certain people are interviewing people. We can report on what they're thinking, what they're going through. Uh, I think that aspect of it, as far as making these superstars and uh, people you see on TV, these celebrities in our eyes, really making them more human, uh, humanizing them in the sense that we're seeing that they are real people. They're just like you and me um, who, you know have to go through these things that you and I maybe don't, that they're getting people, you know, uh, bothering them or or, uh, uh, harassing them online or, you know, uh, just having to go through these things. And I think that aspect of journalism, getting to know superstars and celebrities as a person, um, really, really helps as far as journalism goes for them. Um, That's all I was just thinking is that – I think right now we are working towards building to better journalism within uh, the wrestling community I mean with shows like this with uh, all of us I mean we all talk about what we what we think what we what we are seeing and taking that information and letting it build in our minds and putting it out there in our own perspective and trying to get other people to see our perspective for, for their lives Um as far as like journalism and and I know it's a scripted uh, s- scripted show, um, it's still a you know million dollar business and they're making you know million dollar decisions on a weekly basis by, by who wins this match, who they're moving towards the top, who they're having at the top, and that really does speak to how the business mentality is in behind the scenes.
2: Uh, foul. And, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: sorry. No, go
2: ahead. I was just gonna say, Fowl. I want to ask you. It's interesting to hear these perspectives, so I want to ask you this question. Uh, does mm-hmm. does we'll use Meltzer Meltzer as an example because obviously he I think he has the most reach, but it's not about reach. I think it's more about the gravity of his words, his his weight of his of what he says uh, takes precedence over most other. You know, comments and, and opinions w- what do we do about that what do we do about this very dogmatic opinionated source um who when he says something people use it as as scripture what do we do about that as fans Listen.
3: See that's that's the point that I was going to bring up. Like with most journalism, you have a reputable news source, a news wire. So I'm saying, okay, we talk about general news. You look to Reuters, you look to Reuters to fact check, find out relatively what's happening, and then that piece would then slowly but surely filter out to other news sites. But Dave Meltzer is Reuters, and that's the problem. Like Dave Meltzer is one of the Reuters of the wrestling community. So they, everyone goes to him as a source. He is sourced and he is cited as a source in an opinion based piece. And if he says one sentence, which is slightly, oh, well, you know, I'm going to talk about this, that sentence gets dissected. Every single word gets dissected to give it meaning. And I think the problem is, is that re- there is no Reuters, there, there is no, I really respect opinion pieces written about, um, and editorials written about wrestling, because it's based on facts that are, co- like, that are brought together, and then there's a theme there. And it's essentially a an essay, and it's, a, it's an essay about that particular piece, but when it's like, okay, so like the Naomi thing we're talking about now, yeah, they do not want to get stopped in Detroit, but, well... They got stopped in Detroit, so now that means that it's AEW. Now let's just it happened with Dean Ambrose the other day. Like I don't believe a lot of the news from Meltzer anymore because it, it feels like it's there to elicit a reaction. The reach has always been. I used to watch mm-hmm. Solomonster on YouTube a while ago. And I used that used to be my news. Solar monster Kevin Castle, and Bits of Meltzer when years ago, and I used to love watching those uh, podcast little sections. Meltzer shows, it's Meltzer calling in going, I got some news for you, hot tip. And it was always like, (laughs) you know, it was always like, you've got the wrestling wrestling was over radio going, and then it's just like, oh, wait, we've got a call going from Meltzer. The next 15 minutes of this show are now going to be, like, filtering us for the next two weeks. Like, it's it's just, it's strange. And as well, not just that, but there's a vested interest from Meltzer to produce, like, sensationalized news stories, because why are you subscribing to him? Otherwise, you... Why do you subscribe to him? Because he's coming out with those big, big old, like ridiculous things that can be, and then sort linked back to him. It's a, it's a weird kind of vicious circle that he's controlling at the moment. And I used to respect Bill
4: Apter's opinion a lot more than Meltzer. It's, it's conjecture. They're selling conjecture because they're trying to sell a product. Whereas journalism essentially isn't about selling; it's about reporting. But Dave is selling a product. Mm -hmm. Think about this: Mm -hmm. if Dave's journalism was completely, genuinely, one hundred percent with filled with integrity, then why is his why is the Observer more than the network? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, like genuinely think about that. (laughs) Everything is so much conjecture, and you know what? In this business, you know what? I get it you're going to get some things wrong wrong because if we're speaking, we can speak for all the other companies, but if we're speaking for WWE in particular, one person makes the decisions. So yeah, Mm -hmm. you're going to get some stuff wrong, right? But when he gets things wrong, it's always plans change. It's not, I was wrong, (laughs) I made the wrong decision. There's always an excuse for why he's wrong, but when he gets it right, he'll throw it in your face a million times over or he'll find a way to make it look like he's right. So, you know, and then all of the copy and paste sites take what he says and filter that out and so you said it perfectly foul he is not only is he bbc but he's also reuters in the same breath
2: and i think that we as fans when we retweet and we have giant threads about who's going where with no fact i think that we as fans and those long threads um create and just enforce all of this I don't know what you guys think, but I think we're just as culpable as as those reporting it because we're sharing it and retweeting it and liking it and and having 24-7 threads about where so-and-so might be going or might not when he's under contract for – We're not in the contract negotiation. For Christ's sake, we are not there. We are not the legal team. We are not – the contract is private for a reason. And the under-
3: Yeah, but Dave helped. Dave heard from the catering team. He was out there listening, to, like, the <laughs> lady that was bringing the tea in. So she she reported it to him that she saw someone with long hair walk into the room. It could be we don't know, but potentially card subject to change.
4: Think about the Undertaker situation, right? Mm. It was reported that Undertaker took his booking information off of his uh, WWE information off of his Twitter and his put his booking information in. Okay, cool. He gets signed up for StarCast. And the conjecture is, oh, well, that's a crack in the wall of WWE. He's going to AEW. Conrad has to get on Busted Open, a, a radio show on Sirius, to say, wait, I don't work for WWE, for AEW. I've never been paid by AEW. StarCast is essentially the same thing as WrestleCon. Taker's done other conventions before. This has nothing to do with AEW. But the conjecture is... You know what I mean, and and that's I think that's what uh, I know. Keith, I I'm, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying in particular, but that's what that I think that's the crux of my point is that wrestling and Harmony can speak to this better than me because she actually works for a site that I actually respect. Oh, cool. But oh yeah, I love Daily, Daily DDT. I love fans. <laughs> I actually tried to write for you guys at one point, um, but I think I don't believe in wrestling journalism. I believe in wrestling analysis. Okay. And that's a big difference. And I think all four, all five of us are more analysts than journalists.
1: Yeah, I never know what to call myself. I just call myself a fan all the time. Like, I'm not, I always feel weird saying, oh, I'm an analyst or, you know, I'm never any of that. I just speak to what I see.
2: <laughs> so let me let me shift the, the conversation somewhere a little different. There's a lot of positives. And the positives that I see and I, and I feel are... Companies that are small, like Riptide Pro Wrestling, Eve, as we mentioned, Eve Pro Wrestling, with all of these uh, internet streaming services, something that arguably, well, they, de- they did, WWE broke the mold for that. They made a subscription service uh, network feasible, and, and everybody is able to put their pro. well, they sh- they're, they're capable of putting their product online for a few bucks a month. And I get to watch all the British wrestling, Japanese wrestling, stuff from all over the world. And even here in the States, you have Power Slam TV with a lot of stuff that's that's just congregated into one source. Um, and now we have live streaming on Twitch. So let's let's shift it to consumption a little bit. I personally don't see anybody able to compete with WWE without a cable TV deal. And I want to hear what you guys think about that
1: yeah absolutely i mean nobody competing with wwe is like trying to is like vince mcmahon trying to compete with the nfl it's not gonna go as smoothly as you think right off the bat uh aew if they can get a major tv deal uh i just say them right now because they're the only ones that are i mean i think ring of honor has a tv deal and obviously impact does but they are on i mean they're not on you know usa network You have to have a major TV deal to even say that you're trying to compete with WWE on that level.
0: I kind of like... I do want to question what we mean by competing with WWE, though. Mm. Because I feel like there's an assumption there that there's kind of one kind of wrestling fan and there's one way kind of way for a company to be successful. And I wonder if maybe it's kind of an audience fragmentation thing because there are wrestling fans now who don't watch WWE. Mm. Um, If you love women's wrestling, watching WWE is at best a mixed bag. Like you're going to (laughs) see. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're gonna see maybe 20 minutes of women's wrestling a week. You'll see six minutes if it's uh, NXT UK and you're lucky. Like it's that kind of representation. <laughs> so if you wanna watch women's wrestling, if you're a fan like me, you you have to be subscribed to this stuff. Like, I have an Eve subscription, I have a stardom subscription, I, I buy the shimmer DVDs. Like, that's how I consume the majority of the wrestling that I watch, and that's how a lot of people I know consume the majority of the wrestling they watch. So it's like if you if you think the WWE product is a model for success, then yeah, companies can't compete with WWE on their level yet because WWE is like fucking McDonald's. You can't <laughs> just roll out a hamburger stand in your neighborhood and be like, suck at McDonald's, we win. Like that's that's <laughs> not gonna work. <laughs> but if you're trying to create a different kind of product and attract different people to it in a different way, like models like Eve are successful. Like Eve ran Russell Queenham last year. That was the biggest women's wrestling event that ever happened, I think, in Europe. Like that was huge, uh-huh. and they're doing it again this year. They're partnering with Stardom. Like mm-hmm. there, there are different ways companies can be successful. I think so. I just, right. I just want to keep that in mind in this right. conversation.
2: I, I think that the online subscriptions for some of the smaller brands. They can be successful, but I think that they have their ceilings. Personally, I think they have a ceiling, and when you compete right. with something that is a global, uh, you know, like Coca Cola or slash WWE, I just wonder if there is room for a Pepsi product next next to it. And I, 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 it looks like AEW has at least the building parts for creating that that second brand to be a good competition. And, and I, I feel cable TV is, is vital because of the ad revenue that, that it brings in. I think AEW would be just fine with the subscription service and they'd kill it, but I think they have loftier goals. I think they're a little more ballsy than we're thinking. I think they're really shooting for the moon here.
3: I think that the cable TV thing brings it more to bring legitimacy to the product. I know that that sounds really old worldy, but if you say to someone of a non wrestling fandom, like how do you catch this? You can say, go to the YouTube channel. If you even put up one little, well, you've got to sign up to the subscriptions. Ah, nah, I'm all right. Right. But if you've got like, You've got bits on YouTube, and then it's like, oh, I can catch it. Like, that's kind of the stuff that I watch. Like, over here in the UK, there was a very, very, very small promotion that lasted about five weeks called Five Star Wrestling.
2: Oh, yeah.
3: Um, first,
4: mm-hmm.
3: yeah. And I was, like, so hyped for it. It was on some weird, random, kind of similar to, like, how uh, impacts on, like, the Pursuit channel. Like, I had to put my aerial in my room in a certain way to get it, like, on Freeview and everything. And I did watch-alongs for it. And I remember the first week, I was like, yeah, three hours of wrestling, like, prime time. This is amazing. Then the second week, then the third week, and the fourth week, and then they died because of the wrestle. uh, Snowmageddon happened, and they couldn't make some of their shows. Um, and Alberta El Patron was there, so that probably helped. But um, <laughs> if that was their last show as well, actually, uh, <laughs> it was. It, it's it's hard to get people, but that show was coming on every single week. They put like they filled this the sports channel with repeats of it and reruns, like at really good times, and it was getting a bit of momentum. Zach Gibson was trending, and I remember seeing Zach Gibson for the first time in Five star, and it was like he's better than this product. He's way better than his product. But Dave Mastiff, I saw him for the first time. You could just see Triple H sitting there like licking his chops, just picking people off. Like going, oh yeah, I'm going to have him. I'm going to have him. I'm going to have her. I'm mm-hmm. going to have him. And it was just a shopping mall. But if it's somewhere gated, I think it's hard for people to really get the mainstream behind it. And bring in fans.
4: So to, to Harmony's point, success everybody has a different version of success um one of my best friends lives in scotland icw they don't they want to be the biggest company in scotland they're not trying to be global they're very content and they're a great company not saying that if they got bigger they would be disappointed but their goal is different than say wwe or AEW or even some of the smaller big promotions here Honor, impact or mlw so success is different to different companies and different people Speaking on the AEW situation, I think while both par- while both having revenue and having um, legitimacy from cable is important, the biggest thing for having cable is reach, because even though the internet is bigger than t- cable, most Americans, speaking for American no offense file, still <laughs> still <take> <laughs> still watch most of their content on TV through cable. Now, Mm -hmm. this this dying is dwindling, but it's still the biggest medium. It's still the biggest reach and there's still something to be said for being able to say every night at this time I can turn my TV on and I can see this. And that's why cable is so important for anything at this moment. And the reason WWE is the biggest company, of course, size and scale, but more importantly, is market share. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing. For example, I remember Kurt Angle talks about when he was in TNA. Kurt Angle was in TNA longer than he was in WWE in terms of years. But he would walk through airports. We're talking 2003, 2004, 2005 when he was like at, at the top of his game in TNA. And people would be like, where you been the past four years? He's like, I've been wrestling. <laughs> where? You're not in WWE. He was like, I'm on TNA. We have TV every night on Spike. I don't know what that is. It's market share. And I think AEW is growing by growing huge. It's 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 growing faster than anything I think I've ever seen grow in my twenty plus years of wrestling fandom in terms of its market share, but it's got years to go before it can compete with WWE in that space.
1: Yeah. Uh, I agree. Uh, I also was so what Foul said. He uh, I mean WWE right now, their main goal is to get casual viewers, increase their viewership. That's the best way to do that is by having a TV service where someone can be flipping the channels and say, "Oh, what's going on here? Oh, that's John Cena. I know that guy, and you know, I'm going to watch this." Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for myself, back when TNA was first starting, and uh, I just happened to be, you know, flipping through the channels and I saw, you know, these wrestlers in a six-sided ring. Like, well, this looks cool. I'm going to check this out. And I mean, just flipping through the channels, I felt I I stumbled onto it. And that's, if you don't have, if you have a streaming service, you're asking people to go out of their way to to find you. Um, Even indirectly or directly, they're gonna have to go and sign up for something. Like you said, they're gonna have to enter their card information and pay to see this. If you have a a show on a network uh, on television, someone can just flip by and you know oh what's this oh, wrestling this isn't wwe okay i'm gonna check this out i mean i've had friends that you know <laughs> i mean i'm sure we've all had friends that like, oh you what you still watch wrestling and all that crap but uh they've messaged me and said hey what's this aew thing how do i watch that and i'm like And I have to tell them, like, okay, well, they're kind of working on things right now, getting it built up. But here's how you can look for their stuff, and you can go sign up here. And they're like, oh, I thought I could just find them on TV, and like, that's definitely something that they're going to want to have. I mean, you want that, like you said, mainstream marketing uh, available to your company.
3: See, I just wanted to say one thing about for over in the UK for Mm -hmm. us. When there's a WWE show, it's not a small thing in the marketing side on our TV networks. So uh, the WWE isn't shown on a kind of like a a free cable channel. It's a paid service. So you've got to pay for Sky, the satellite. Then you have to pay for the sports package, which is the highest package, about 40-odd quid a month. So once you've got through all of those, that's them getting your money. But then in the week running up to it, it's all over sky sports news all over sky one all over all of like the the old rupert murdoch owned brands so sun and all of that it's everywhere like absolutely everywhere you can't miss that there's an event happening that night um but when it comes to someone like tna pfft, they might talk about it but no it's it's really based on that and way back when when I first started watching wrestling properly like and really getting into it like 2000 like and really seeking stuff out, I went to Usenet someone mentioned Usenet in here actually Matt D I used to go to the out.pro.wrestling news binary uh, site for those of you that are old enough that's how we used to do our file share in the old days and I used to get like full episode I used to, that's how I used to watch impact. Because Impact was pay-per-view in the US. There was no distribution deal over here. So the first Impact I watched by grabbing it off Usenet and watching it on my little Dreamcast. I always mention the Dreamcast. Watching it on the Dreamcast in my room. And it was like a total new world. But they never got a TV deal till they were about six, seven months in. And even then it was obscure channel somewhere six months old.
2: I've heard the Uh, argument that it's very simple. You have your Roku, you have your streaming device, and you just put an app on and you watch it. I've heard that that it's very simple. You know, internet's not that hard to conquer. But I actually see it differently. I think it is. I think a lot of folks, especially in a certain generation, it, you're not going to want to educate yourself to do all that when you already have cable. Well, if it's good enough, it'll be on cable. And I think that that naivety to the internet generation or some younger generation who hasn't lived through the pre-internet days (laughs) like I have. So I'm showing my age. Um, (laughs) You need to take that in consideration because there's a lot, there's, there's millions and millions of uh, wrestling fans that tuned out in the early two thousands. And those casual fans probably have cable now. And I, I, I'm just saying that, that, I think there's enough space on the market for everybody to coexist. I mean, I think that right now, WWE has the lion's share, of course, in the United States. But, AEW has enough room to at least put the balance into... Because right now, it's very reflective of our society. It's very rich or poor. There is no middle class in pro wrestling. It's just WWE and everybody else. And... I'm. I mean, I'm not trying to be some super AEW fan, but I think that they have the parts there to actually compete with the WWE here in the states, because I don't think they can do it global. That that's that's too far of a reach for them. No.
1: Yeah, global is going to be difficult for them to go through, especially right now. Um, another issue, I guess, with AEW looking to get a TV deal is that's. I mean, compared to just having a streaming service, streaming service you could do almost anything you want. You can have whatever content you want. If you have cable TV, you have to adhere to what the what the network wants, and you have to answer to people, and you can't have, you know, you can't have Joey Ryan whipping his dick out on TV. <laughs> you can't have Dick you, you Drew can't running, running down the... Well, I mean... <laughs>
0: they did figure out how to use Joey Ryan and Lucha Underground, though. So... Couldn't have his yeah. dick out, but they worked the dick in.
1: But was it as effective <laughs> as Joey? <laughs> I, love <laughs> <in>? <laughs> I love this conversation. I love this <laughs> conversation. That's what she said.
0: Uh, I did. Oh. <laughs> uh,
1: but I mean, you you have to. You're gonna have to answer to to network owners and 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 boardroom people if they're. Well, I mean, yeah, Joey Ryan was on Lucha Underground, but was he as great as he is when you see him? You know, on on anywhere else
2: <laughs> he
1: was also on impact and it wasn't great i mean it wasn't great there either right yeah but that was
3: different on impact wasn't it that was so that people could kind of explain to him that this dick thing isn't going to work and just push about the industry i thought that's what i feel like that was about that was more you're not going to make it mate like that whole situation what was it called that uh, the segment that they did on impact when they could get a get a, a deal they could get oh, themselves a deal
1: um, I can't remember what it was cast. called, but it was sort of like there. yeah. Oh, uh, like, Boot Camp. Something like the Boot Camp go. or
3: something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he came up there and he was like, look, man, I want to be a wrestler. I'm going to be a wrestler. And they were like, no, mate, get your dick and get out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> so harsh. And he was like, I'll show you what I can do with my dick. And then he just went off and did it. You no know, more props to him.
2: I want to <laughs> field you guys a question, um, and this will be a weird way to end it, but I want to field this question because I think it has to do with both um, topics that we're talking about wrestling consumption, Twitter, social media and it was the Priscilla Kelly uh, stunt or whatever you saw people can <laughs> you see initial reactions All laughter in <laughs> initial reaction is laughter We also saw people like Jim Ross say embarrassing Other people were offended by it Other people thought it was a, a very funny evolution of art For our for our performance art thing that we love called wrestling I want to hear what you guys think about this And how sexism plays a role in our initial reaction And in our overall reaction to, to things like this Because we are freely talking about Joey Ryan's dick Yet everybody is very. There's a lot of people that are very terrified and scared to talk about Priscilla Kelly's tampons. So I want to hear what you guys think uh, about the can, whole situation. Can I very uh, quickly
3: make a South Park reference? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, this whole thi- this whole thing reminds me of you know when Terence and Philip and the Queef twins. Uh, <laughs> this is, yeah. It's literally that. Literally that. Yeah. yeah it's good. funny either way. Yeah, good. Why yeah. uh, you know. What's the difference between a fart and a queen? What's the (laughs) actual difference? Yeah, it's just who's doing it, the gender that's doing it. One gender does it, and apparently it's just ridiculous. One gender do it, and it's fine, it's a dude, don't worry about it, he's fine. Like, it was so, oh my God, like, I loved that. Just absolute waste of everybody's time. And Priscilla Kelly showed that there's still this really weird inbuilt, like, misogyny within, like, wrestling fans, like, oh, well, no, no, a lady wouldn't do that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I mean the whole thing. I mean the it worked. <laughs> We're talking about it right now. I can admit the day that I that I I woke up one morning and opened Twitter and saw a girl doing what she did, and I was <laughs> oh my god! Like my initial reaction was shock, and then I thought that's hilarious, and and went instantly followed her, uh, liked it, and and I mean it's it's to me it's just hilarious. Like it, <laughs> I just. I can't explain it because it's just a feeling. I mean, if people are getting up in arms about it, then they're taking themselves too seriously because this is wrestling. There's been way, way, way more ridiculous things uh, on, on, on cable. Uh, DX (laughs) once dropped a bucket of dog shit on, on the McMahons live on TV.
0: Yeah. Like I'm, I was like shocked by how shocked everybody was by the Priscilla Kelly thing. like, First off, like not to get too graphic, but that's not what a used tampon looks like. It was very clearly a work, so <laughs> it was a prop. That's okay. And also, like the, this, the same people who were like tweeting me, telling me that I had to watch, like Necro Butcher versus Samoa Joe, or I wasn't a good uh. wrestling fan, were, t- <laughs> we're, we're complaining about the Priscilla <laughs> Kelly bit, and I was that's like, good. That's "Excuse good. me," <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a very, it was obviously a very gendered response to the Priscilla Kelly thing. And, and I mean, my feeling on it is wrestling is an art form that has a lot of different performance styles. There are people who do flippy. There are people that do grappling. There are people who do death matches. And there are types of wrestling I like. There are types of wrestling I don't like. I will never uh-huh. enjoy a Brock Lesnar match. And I feel totally okay saying that. Um, I would never say that Brock Lesnar isn't allowed to be Brock Lesnar. Like he can do what he you wants. You banned from Suplexy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll say he
0: can't be Brock Lesnar, but nobody will listen to me, and it's fine. <laughs> um, so I think it's just like if it, it, like the standard for gross out, like crazy stuff in wrestling, has been set. We have. This art form can encompass things like that, and calling out Priscilla Kelly for doing something like that, like I don't see how it could be anything, but sexist. If you're like hardcore offended by it, I, I'm open to other ideas, but I just I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was super weird and gross. And I'm generally down for women pushing barriers like that in matches. So I'm
2: I'm just fascinated. And Ray, before we get you to jump in, I'm just fascinated that the people that I read the reactions from, like Jim Ross, embarrassing. Um. Uh, who else said the uh, road dog said? Well, road dog. We all have opinions on, but he says <laughs> that it's got nothing to do with taking life seriously. It's about dignity and personal pride. She has road dog
0: happened. said that. He, what? Okay. To, to, but, to his
4: credit, he immediately backtracked.
2: I'm just saying. It doesn't that, make it better. Yeah. It doesn't make
4: it better. But he immediately realized, yo, I shouldn't have said that. I'm just saying
2: that. I, I'm. I'm fascinated. That these were some people in WWE that are just showing their cards of how ass backwards that they're they're thinking, how they're not progressing. Yet they they push Nia Jackson to the Men's Royal Rumble. Yet we have a lucha party with fucking uh, pinatas coming to the ring. It's so stupid to me, and it pisses me off. Yeah. So yeah. I just want I just wanted to make that point before you jumped in, Ray. Sorry about
4: that. No, it's okay. You've kind of really gave me something to. Follow. Thank you, guys. Um, <laughs> so let me say this. I, I'm, I'm gonna deviate from the group, and I want to try to explain myself because I didn't like it. Now let me say this before I even go into why I didn't like it, because I want to explain why I didn't like it. I don't like Joey Ryan and the dick shit. I don't. I didn't enjoy the 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 McMahon's getting put on with shit. That type of stuff doesn't do anything for me. So I didn't. I don't like any of it. The reason I didn't like the Priscilla Kelly situation is simply because. I didn't like the fact that it looked like she had to. I know it's fake. No, it's fake. But that she had to literally forgive me for being completely like forgive me for not being cool here, but dig in herself to pull it out. Like that just didn't do anything for me, personally. Right? right. So now, initially when it happened, I was I was I'm not gonna say I was disgusted or like I was just like oh this ain't for me. This why wow, this is crazy. What made me say I, I'm cool with it was when I realized it was in a closed show specifically for that particular group of fans it wasn't televised that was one fan with his video camera ultimately in that space you can do what you want and that's your that's particularly your 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 place your right whatnot it does nothing for me i understand the connotations of a lot of people on the same side as me but i'm not jumping out the window like they are i don't like any of it i don't like when joy ryan takes out the Lottie and puts it in people's mouths. That doesn't do anything for me. I don't enjoy that. So it's just kind of the whole genre of that gross out thing that does nothing for me personally. Right after that, her and Darby Allen, who apparently is her boyfriend, they did a spot where they threw up on everybody. That didn't do anything for me either. I just don't like that kind of stuff.
2: I'm glad you yeah. substantiated that because I, I didn't realize that it was a, like a closed venue. So I didn't even realize that. So I'm glad you made that yeah. point because a lot of people might not realize that this wasn't even streamed. This was just no. not a closed door event <laughs> and just cell phone. So, <laughs> so I'm glad you brought that point up to to, to the public because that's, I think, an important point to the subject.
0: Um And sorry, if I, I just also want to say I think you made a good point about knowing your wrestlers because, I mean – Darby Allin and Priscilla Kelly are kind of known for being gross-out wrestlers who do extreme stuff. So yep. 100%. If that was, yeah, if that was your first exposure to Priscilla Kelly, yeah, that's a lot. If you don't <laughs> already, you're like, yeah, okay.
4: And I never, Perfect. I mean, I saw Priscilla Kelly in, what was she, in the Bay Young? It was one match. Yeah. But right. that was all I'd ever seen of her. So my first thing seeing her is her digging in herself to pull the tampon out. Wait a minute. <laughs> that's a little much for me right now. Yeah, that's definitely. Was that. I was going to say part of it was
3: that as well. The way that I found out about it was WWE, May Young Classic competitor. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Journalism, well, uh, right? <laughs> journalism. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's that Meltzer Reuters connection. And I think that. the problem with that was that every I think that's why Road Dog and there were a few people like Jim Ross came out and went, "Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, we want to, before this becomes a WWE wrestler doing this, it's just a wrestler doing a spot. It's it's the same as if they were doing a, you know, the performance art thing. If they were doing a performance piece, a a show, which was a Gigi Allen style show, then,
1: you know, people would have been, that's very goddamn tame. (laughs) i i just i know that when i first saw it i thought man i'm gonna have to explain this to someone someday i've already had to explain (laughs) explain people like oh you like wrestling what's this guy doing with people grabbing his dick and that was hard to explain and i was like damn this is gonna be difficult to explain to people
2: (laughs) wrestling being a wrestling fan can be awkward at times um as an adult But primarily, it's very positive, it's very fun, it's very exciting. Um, I think that I'm just really grateful for you guys sharing your opinions and your perspectives because there's, there's things that I've... Uh, picked up on and different ideas that I'm gonna think about after this and and kind of looked at things just a little differently So thank you guys um, Before we sign out I do want to give you guys time to have your little platform and tell us where to find you so we can uh, Follow you elsewhere on the interweb. So uh, let's start with harmony first
0: Okay, um, well the easiest way to find my wrestling writing is just to google the daily DDT and harmony Um. All my stuff will pop up there um, I'm on Twitter a lot. I'm pretty active. I'm at Harmonopoly. And, um, I also have a website, HarmonyCox.com and that has my wrestling writing and kind of all of my other writing. So yeah, those are the easiest ways to keep up with me.
2: Thank you. Uh, Keith, what's your uh, Twitter handle? Twitter handle Keith,
1: the chief one, two K E I F T H E C H I E F. One two, uh, you can find me there. I'm pretty active most of the time. Um, also, shout out to Journey Pro KC a Wrestling Company here. Uh, I promised them I would say something about them, but um, <laughs> yeah. other than that, that's where you can find me.
2: Yeah, follow your local wrestling. There's wrestling uh, just probably a, a couple of miles away from you, wherever you are. So. It's very important that you said that because uh definitely support the support the tiny shows. That's where it's really fun and and support and su-
1: your local indie wrestlers.
2: Absolutely, man. Um and uh, Ray, where can we find you and and you got anything coming up?
4: Oh uh, yeah, you can find me at uh it's Ray Cash R E Y as in Mysterio C A S H as in dollars. Um yeah, um Outsider's Edge comes out every Wednesday at Outsider's Edge S S every Thursday actually. Chairshot Radio is live every Sunday night and post shows for um, pay-per-views. So that's at Chairshot Radio and at the Chairshot.com. We also started a Patreon recently, so www.patreon.com slash thechairshot, where we got like a lot of exclusive stuff for you. We're pretty busy. We're trying to really do some some good stuff for you. It's kind of keeping me busy and keeping me interested. So, yeah, follow us, check us out.
2: And uh, Foul, congratulations on your 10,000 Twitter followers, and and, uh, you also got over 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, so congrats to that, bro. What else you got going on? Um,
3: Thanks, man. Like, you were actually in that room when we (laughs) broke 1,000 subscribers. It's also your fault. A lot of this is your (laughs) fault as well. So... uh... (laughs) So uh so yeah, I'm uh I'm foul Original at Fowl underscore original on the Twitters. Um you can catch me on youtube.com slash sorry <clears throat> you can catch me on youtube.com slash foul original wrestling. You can also catch me on other things. So tomorrow I'm doing a live watch-along um for the elimination chamber, and then directly after we've got the hat take round table with um Josh from Wrestling Reverb, um CM Smiley, Smiley Babu, from the TNT podcast. We'll also have Nicholas from GG Vision on the YouTube tubes and we also have Levi from the Ruthless Aggression part but um you can join me uh normally every Sunday and Wednesday 8 p.m gmt for the weekly wrestling recap also on Instagram and all other places as well plus pro wrestling slash file <laughs> <laughs> good job um, thank get you all,
4: guys for get all my shit in
2: Thank you guys for joining and uh, talking about pro wrestling for an hour or so. I really appreciate the time that you guys share with me this afternoon, this weekend. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Wilford Watches. We will do another monthly Fight to the Roundtable next month. We'll get some new voices, different perspectives, and different topics. Uh, if you if you dig the show today, f- follow me at Wilford Watches, and you can find all the cool stuff we got going on. We've got some really cool interviews coming up, and we've got Candy Floss coming on the show very soon, and she never does interviews, so I'm really, really psyched about that. Um, we've got some really recent interviews with Eddie Kingston, Spike Treve, some of the really hot talent, older talent, veterans, new people um, on the show, so check that out on the Wilford Watches uh, feed, and we've also got hashtag Wolf Radio starting, it's a little five-minute daily recap of what's happening in the world of sports, or uh, wrestling, and uh, that's something new that we're trying out, so if you dig it, hashtag Wilf radio and thank you guys so much for uh sharing and thank you guys in the chat for uh joining and keeping the conversation going epw zeus matt couple marks wrestling lots of people omega luke in there as well so thank you guys for joining the chat and audio will be up in a week and please like the video subscribe to the channel and please go follow all four of my guests on twitter they all have something to say and great great people of the wrestling community and we are signing out here. So thanks so much for stopping by.
4: So long.
0: Thank you. Raise your hand if you like saving a few bucks. If you do love saving money, join me, Susan Hogan, on News 4 at 5. Our NBC4 response unit is protecting you from scams, rip-offs, and dangerous products. We've already recovered more than a million dollars.
1: Jim Hanley here. Susan's got your wallet covered. Wendy Rieger and I will get
2: you up to speed. Staying on top of constantly changing headlines and what they mean for you. And Storm 4 is always keeping you ahead of weather changes. Join me, Doug Kammerer, and the rest of us on News 4 at 5, working for you.
0: Raise your hand if you like saving a few bucks. If you do love saving money, join me, Susan Hogan, on News 4 at 5. Our NBC4 response unit is protecting you from scams, rip-offs, and dangerous products. We've already recovered more than a million dollars.
1: Jim Hanley here. Susan's got your wallet covered. Wendy Rieger
2: and I will get you up to speed. Staying on top of constantly changing
0: headlines and what they mean
2: for you. And storm people are always keeping you ahead of weather changes. Join me, Doug Kammerer, and the rest of us on News 4 at 5, working for you.